When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Please be advised that Six Degrees of Reality TV contains explicit language. Hi and welcome to Six Degrees of Reality TV, the podcast where two MFAs try to figure out what the hell is happening on our screens. My name is Amy and I hold an MFA in creative nonfiction. And my name is Leslie and I hold an MFA in creative writing fiction. And together we are trying to uncover what it means to fall in love on reality Leslie and I have decided to start talking about Married at First Sight Season 13 because we really wanted to jump into the dumpster fire of reality TV podcasts. And we have noticed in quite a few of our circles that we are in that people are really looking for a podcast about this show. So we decided that we would um, jump in and start with Season 13 But I've watched all the seasons. Well, I shouldn't say that. I've watched all the seasons except for seasons one and two, which I feel like are the most important. They are. And honestly, I saw the first couple of seasons. I don't even remember how many I've seen. I know that it was during a point in my life where I was homesick. So I was just watching them back to back. So I saw like a couple of seasons. So I think if I see the couples, then I remember which ones they are. But once I was rewatching it for this, I realized why I love this show so much. And I was like, man, I should have like really stuck with it. I love it. And I feel like because I escaped season one and two, I don't really understand the Jamie Otis world. So I've managed to kind of stay out of that fray. Cause some people like people have opinions about Jamie Otis. Like some people yeah. love her. Some people are extremely annoyed by her. I'm like, I don't know. I'm lukewarm. Yeah, see. All right. I realized something about this show, though, that it's very looks driven. It's very much about how these, because these people that are cast are very good looking people. And I was like, huh. And I'm like, okay, it's because the couples need to be hot. Because how else do you hook someone if you've never met them and you want them to get married? Like, that's that's huge. So they have to at least be physically attractive. Right. Absolutely. And I will say this season is probably the most diverse cast that I've seen. And I'm really happy about that. We're still waiting for a same-sex couple. I would love that. That would be amazing. But we don't Yeah, I noticed something in terms of um, ethnicities and stuff. Everybody was kind of paired off with their own ethnicity, though. Yeah. Like the Latinos with the Latinos, the Asians, the Asians. You know, so I was like, maybe they requested that. Because at first I was like, why did they do that? But maybe that's what they specified. Because I know that in some cultures, like I'm Latina, like your parents would prefer for you to have someone that's similar in culture just so they could keep the traditions alive and the language. And I imagine with Asian culture, it's similar. So I understand that. So I was like, okay, so maybe it's not like racist because you immediately want to like scream racist. But it's not. It's probably, you know, a preference because it is a preference and there's nothing wrong with that. 
Right. No, there's nothing wrong with it. But I'm thinking you're right. I'm thinking that's probably one of the first questions they ask is, do you have a preference in race or culture? Mm -hmm. And then you have to decide. So because if you're someone who's opposed to like a specific race for whatever reason, and then they match you up with that, it's going to be, I mean, yes, it might be entertaining TV, but it might be dangerous. So you don't want that. Yeah. Like I'm never, if they paired me with like an Eric of last season, like somebody who's super conservative and super traditional, that would not work a hundred percent. So like, I get that whole idea of no, I don't want that person. I do. All right, so season 13 is in Houston, and because Leslie and I are starting a little bit late, we are going to do two episodes in this first episode of our podcast, and then we're going to cover episodes three and four in our second episode. So, And then going forward, we'll probably do one per episode. Yeah, we'll be right. to So we're going to start with um, the introductions. So we start with Mirla. So Mirla, guys, her little nickname is Picture Perfect Princess. (laughs) I need to meet the people who write these little things. Um, Do you think it's like Pastor Cal? You know, I think it might be. It might be a combination of what they've said, because they do call her Diva a couple of times. And she did say at one point, I am kind of a princess. So Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. So she's 34, and she's being matched with Gil, who's super handsome. Mm-hmm. And he is Mr. Caring and Charismatic, and he is 35. All right, so here's what we know about Mirla from the introduction. Mirla is addicted to getting her lashes done and is bougie by admission. Now, I will say right up front, I am the least girly girl of my entire circle. Like, I do not know how to do anything girl. So when she says getting her lashes done, what is she talking about? I think that it's either because some people do getting their lashes tinted because if their lashes are a little lighter or they want it to make it look fuller or actual lashes extensions to fill them out. Okay. See, I have friends that do that. I even see that you have nice nails. This is like my thing. Yeah. So like I, I think do you, my nails. I think you will be the girl correspondent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look at these. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. I have to have my nails done. Otherwise I'll. Okay. Ugh, All right. Say. So Mirla was poor growing up and wants to maintain her lifestyle as she knows it now. And she says that either she says that 87 times or they just replay her saying that 87 times. We never know. So she's having lunch with her friends and she tells them she's getting married. And I love I am here for the friends and family shading these people this this uh, season. The friends are like, what? You? You're getting married. <laughs> They're yeah. like stunned. And she's telling them that she needs a tall, dark, bearded man who's faithful and loves a fancy lifestyle. And her friends are like, you do know you have to compromise when you're yeah. married, right? <laughs> and her friends just keep calling her picky and they're super worried about this. And then she also reminds them 18 times that she doesn't like bald men. Yes. This is something that keeps coming up. Mm-hmm. It's either, as you said, they keep replaying it or they keep asking her because it just comes up and there's a reason why. <laughs> yep. And I wrote, I'm getting real Anfisa vibes from Oh, her. my God. Yes. 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 Okay. So then immediately cut to Gil, who's a super hot, bald man. Yes. Total bald Firefighter. Man. Yep. 
And he's a firefighter. And I wrote that he seems like a laid back dude, but I have problems with him later. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So Gil also grew up poor. And the B-roll of him is like just flipping big tires mm-hmm. and lifting dumbbells. And he's super dedicated to his job. And he tells his friends about the wedding. And they're stunned for a different reason. They're like, he is super hot. We don't understand why he needs it help picking up women and no and gil said something interesting he said i'm looking for that 90s r&b type of love yes and then he had to explain it because i had no idea what he's like i know what he's talking about but yeah how is that relevant to this i have no idea i guess he wants to be in the past he wants like boys to men to be yeah basically like those big love songs i mean i get it i love that, that kind of music so yep yep So Pastor Cal gives us a little like snippet after he introduces each couple. And he says he thinks he acknowledges Mirla can be a princess, but Gil's pragmatism will ground her. And I wrote prediction. It won't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No. Okay. Now we're moving on to Michaela and Zach. Zach. Zach is really cute too. Oh, he is so cute. And he's the one I would have been after because I was all about that stupid, like, if you could play piano or you could write something, I'm it. I'm done. You pick up an acoustic guitar, I'm done. So Zach wants to meet a beautiful wife and have kids. That sounds easy. He's only 27. Wait a minute. What do they call him? Let me see. Zach is the romantic idealist, and he's 27, and he's being matched with Michaela, who is the stubborn sweetheart, and she's 30. Mm -hmm. The realtor. Yep. So he's working out and he's like, I would do 300 push-ups to find a wife. Okay. Okay. We also see that he plays piano and he's like, it would be nice to not play piano just for myself for once, but to have, and that was super sad. Yeah. His longest relationship was nine months and he's never been in love. And I wrote, oh no, because you didn't watch last season. But there was this guy, Ryan, on last season who, like, this was his whole thing. I've never been in love. I can't say. And he was matched with somebody who, this girl, Clara, who was just, like, a big, you know, Darcy, like, open your heart. Like, I love love. Mm -hmm. And it was never going to work. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of Darcy, going back to Marla, doesn't she look like Darcy, like, four faces ago? Yes. It's like if you took Darcy and Amphisa and. It's so great. I keep looking at her. I'm like. She looks like Darcy, even like her, the way she speaks, because she speaks in quotes and like self-help quotes. Yeah. 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 She's got some word art in her house. Guarantee. Guarantee it. All right. So Zach is telling his parents and they are not happy. These parents have been married for 28 years and both of his brothers are in long-term relationships. Zach's whole family is good looking. Yep. All of them. So dad says, this is crazy on a whole new level. And Zach says, well, you're going to have to deal with it because I'm, I was picked and I'm getting married. And the dad loses his shit. He's like, what? (laughs) And the mom starts to cry. And then outside they have the parents talking to the camera and the parents are like, what is happening right now? Like they have no idea. You know, the thing is that if he's so handsome and also he's young, I don't understand why he would want to rush to get married, especially this way without knowing the person. Like if he's like in a long distance relationship or something like that, and then he decides to get married, I see that. But to marry a complete stranger, he's so handsome. Like he doesn't need to do that. 
He doesn't need to do any of this. And there's like no time pressure. He's still young. Like Zach, dude, give it five years. You'll be married. Mm -hmm. Guaranteed. So Michaela is looking for, okay, I was really confused because Michaela has short hair in the beginning and she has long Mm -hmm. hair at the wedding. So I was super confused as to if it was the same person. Yeah. And I was just like, because when I first watched it, I was kind of doing something else. So it was just kind of on in the background. And I was like, oh, wait, is this that person? Like, I didn't understand. But she's looking for a Renaissance man, which I think Zach is. Yes. Who can keep up with her emotionally and intellectually. She is a realtor. So she helps people like starting the next part of their life together. And she wants to do that for herself. And when she was in college, in her 20s, she was very materialistic. And now she realizes that that was stupid. Um, She had a rough upbringing. She was poor and she says she was even homeless at one point. Now, this is a reoccurring theme too. Two of these people, right, have lost their fathers or two or three of them. She has lost her father and she said he was her number one fan and he was killed by a drunk driver. And it was really sad. It was really sad. And, you know, later on we see like all kinds of things, how the whole father thing plays out. But, you know, she kept saying she wanted someone just like her dad. And then she kept talking about how great her dad was and how he protected her. So that's what she's looking for. She's looking for a man to protect her. Yes, 100%. So Michaela says she loves love. And where have we heard that before? Mm -hmm. (laughs) But she is someone who reveals that she also has never been in love. So, okay. Well, you don't know till you're there, I guess. Like, that's like when Zach was talking to his parents, he's like, they're like, you don't know how to be a husband. And he's like, well, right. I need to learn how to be a husband. Like, you don't get that experience until you do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now we get to champion of the episode, the group of Michaela's three sisters, who are so amazing. <laughs> they are gorgeous. First of all, they're all so pretty. And then they are so sassy, and they're not taking any fools. They are, like, not having it. They're great. They turn out to be champions later. But here is our first introduction to them. Um, the sisters start shading her immediately. They give her some real talk. They're like, you are way too stubborn. Who's you got to change your ways. I can't believe you're doing this. And then in the end, though, they come around and they're all crying and they're very happy. And she is the baby. They are all the older sisters. So they're like, we're protective over you. Like, this is a thing. Yeah. Okay. After losing their father, they were like stepped in to kind of, you know, look after her. Yep. So Pastor Cal says Michaela needs someone who could be patient. And Zach has the steadiness that she needs. Michaela is full of life and joy, and that will be a gift to Zach. And I've noticed something. Pastor Cal, who I have issues with always, he says a whole, like, he speaks in Darcy talk almost. Like, in these vague, like, what does he mean by this? Like, he says things like, they will balance each other out. They will lift one another up. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Like, it's it's just like... Just talk, just like um, book talk, self-help talk. Right, like instead of him saying like, Michaela can be stubborn, so Zach is a good match for her because he's not stubborn and he will kind of give in to her enough. Yeah, that it maybe he's patient or something, yeah. And he'll no, super her. specific, dude. That's how you have to talk. 
now one of my favorite couples, Bao and Johnny. I love them. Oh my God. I love them so much. Okay. So Bao says, or Bao's nickname is Miss High Bar and she's 35. And Johnny is Life of the Picky Party, which is a <laughs> weird name. I guess because he was saying that he was so picky in terms of getting girls and he was a serial dater. So it's just, there's someone else that will be named that. <laughs> I'm party. I'm coming for him later. Oh, I have a few thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Johnny is meeting his friends for dare to share the news, and they seem happy. Like there's no like, oh my god, but you're a nightmare. Like they seem genuinely happy. Even one of the friends is talking to the camera afterwards outside and is like, Johnny's a really good catch. Like it seems like they really like him, but they do raise his control issues. And then Johnny tells his friends that he hasn't told his dad and he's not sure he'll come to the wedding. And then, now this is important, he says if he tells his dad, he would flip out and he would call him day and night until he relents and gives up on this. And I wrote, that sounds super controlling. Yeah. And if Johnny is anything like this, that's going to be a real big problem. Yeah, and he also said that he was like borderline OCD and he's like, I'm attracted to hygiene. He, like, enjoys tracking germs and has been single for seven years. And you wonder why? Like, yes. when you're busy tracking specks of dust, I think that takes up a lot of your time. Well, and then he says he likes to be in control and likes the girls to love him more than he loves them. And he says, he says he likes stage five clingers. There's something real wrong here. Yeah, you don't want that. That's like slashing your tires, boiling your bunny type of something's wrong there something's wrong so we get a little bit more about his dad like his dad they got divorced and the dad moved to california so his mom basically raised him alone and later we see him call his father and the father refuses to be filmed and and is not happy about this and johnny cries and that's really touching yeah it was like a really deep cry like you could tell that it was one of those cries when the thing when your parents tell you like I'm not mad at you I'm just disappointed like that kind of like hurtful like oh my god my parents hate me that yep. cry that's a really powerful cry yep so Bao has three brothers and is meeting with them to tell the news and did you get this she meets with them and this is such a younger sibling thing to do like do you have siblings are you the oldest? I have a younger sister yeah she's 11 years younger than me so okay so I'm the younger sibling and this is such a like if you're reporting something that you're not sure you should be doing to either your parents or your older sister you would use this tactic she goes Dr. Pepper ambushed me yeah (laughs) it's never your fault yeah my sister does that all the time She's like, oh, so this happened to me. And I'm like, yeah, because you had nothing to do right, with it. Right, right. <laughs> like, Dr. Pepper just jumped out of a bush and told me I had to get married. No, and then she starts with, something happened yesterday. Yes. And then it's like, dum, 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 the music is playing. And, like, there's a fucking camera crew here. Like, what happened yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> it's so great. So I wrote, why is she throwing Dr. Pepper under the bus? But then it made, it made, all made sense. So Paul says her parents are always bugging her to get married and have grandchildren. She uses Excel spreadsheets for everything. And I get that. I love it. And I feel seen. (laughs) I'm 
was like, wow. She And when she's like everything and like later on, you'll see an example where she's like, well, I could look into that. And I'm just like, whoa. Like she probably even tracks down her number of bowel movements a day. Yeah, now, she is into like fitness. So she might be like, oh, I'm health conscious. And you're probably like, right. Track tracking that. the macros and micros mm-hmm. and shit. Now, I do not use spreadsheets for stuff like that. But I am crazy about a good budget spreadsheet. Oh, yes. Yes. Like If I you have, have a good template for that, send it my way. Yep, I do. I have a really good one. I have my whole financial thing planned out for like the next three years. Oh, I need that. Sort of like Jose vibes that we'll talk about <laughs> later. Yeah, with those little whiteboards. Yep. yep. So, oh, I have a screenshot of that. I'll talk about it. Okay. <laughs> So Bao grew up as a non-English speaker in her community and they were poor and they lived in a trailer. And I just wrote like, you see the trauma when she's talking about this guys, like she's talking about she would get off the bus and in the wrong spot. Cause she didn't want anyone to know where she lived. And I wrote many times in this, in these shows, reality shows, we see like the scar that poverty leaves. Mm-hmm. Like it's really she she really has trauma from this still, and I thought that was interesting. And some like overcompensate with the whole like going over the top with the overspending and like showing off. Mm-hmm. Look what I have! I have this. I'm so su- yep. successful, and look at this! Look at that! Yep. Well, and a lot of times when um, people grow up in that type of situation where there's a lot of instability, they have control issues because mm-hmm. like, they need to control what they can now. So yes. that's, that's definitely like kind of where that's coming from. Yeah, I definitely can relate to that. I grew up in a like a low income family. My mm-hmm. parents are immigrants from the Dominican Republic and they didn't speak English and neither did I. So I had to learn in school and it was tough, you know, just getting around and doing things because you didn't really fit in. And then I would get taken out of my class to go to ESL class. So it was like all these things. And so you were made fun of and you were different. So it's, it's, you know, I, I totally understand that. And the not having the money and not sh- being sure where your next meal is coming from, that's also another thing. So now, you know, I've noticed that there are times where I've hoarded food and, you know, and it's just little things like that. So it yeah. just stays with you. Yeah, absolutely. It really does. Um, Bao's brothers describe her as intense and difficult. <laughs> <laughs> And I wrote, sounds lovely. (laughs) Um, She wants someone more flexible. Okay. So then we have Pastor Cal. And he says, now tell me what the fuck this means. Because there's zero meaning in this sentence. Pastor Cal believes Johnny and Bao can fill in the gaps where the other one lacks. Okay. Okay. And Bao can give Johnny stability, and he needs that. Like, why does he need that? We didn't see any evidence of Johnny needing stability. He seems pretty stable. And he's pretty controlling, in a sense. He's a little obsessive, compulsive. So, I don't know. It's weird. I'm telling you, all these platitudes. Like, you just... Okay. All right. So, now we're moving on to Brett and Ryan. And this is going to mess with me, because... There was somebody named Brett. I'll get into it. Okay, let's just go. Brett is Miss Hopefully Devoted, and she's 33. And Ryan is the Reformed Serial Dater, and he's 35. Okay. Okay, so let me just stop you right there. (laughs) So when I saw the little Chiron come up, I had to pause it and reread it because I've been watching a lot of Discovery Plus and True Crimes, 
Mm-hmm. And so my mind instantly read Ryan, reformed serial killer. <laughs> because we all need love. So I'm like, why not? So I was just like, oh, that's interesting. That would be the crossover of our dreams. <laughs> uh, he's like, he'll be like Dexter. He only kills the people that need to die, you know, the bad ones. And I was just like, what? Serial killer? And I just went back. And was like, okay. Whoa. <laughs> so Ryan, there's a lot going on with Ryan. First of all, I had to reread the Chiron four times because I'm like, this dude? This dude is a reformed serial dater. He's like a mush mouth. He is so bored with his own sentences. It's like he's hearing what he's going to say before he says it, and he's already bored. Yes. He just, there's nothing, like, if you told me. I'm so monotone. If you told me Gil was a reformed serial dater, I'd be like, okay, I get that. Or Zach. Mm -hmm. But this guy? So Ryan invites his family over and he's cooking for them. And the family immediately starts shading him. And they're like, this is bullshit. You don't cook. Why are we here? What's happening right now? Ryan says he's dated an obscene amount of women in this city, 50 plus, and not just Houston. He's like, I've joked there are some small towns I'm not allowed to go back to because of the people I dated. Is this a good thing? Is are is this a Bro brag, I call it. I don't know what else to say. Like, he's a total bro, right? Yeah, he totally is. It's just like a weird flex. Like, you know, I'm just, I'm so handsome and irresistible to women that, you know, I just keep going on dates, but nothing right. works. Because... Right, and nobody will take a second date with me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's so weird. Or maybe they're too clingy and then I just, you know, <laughs> gotta move on. Well, and what's throwing me off is there was a guy two seasons ago in New Orleans, season 11, named Brett. Named Brett, who was exactly like this. So that's oh why God. his and wife Brett, being Brett is confusing me. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I'll probably make that mistake 18 times. Okay. So he says, those days are over. And I wrote, you mean every woman on earth has turned you down? <laughs> You're out of women now? <laughs> yeah. I guess 18 months ago, he lost his best friend and had an epiphany that he should stop casually dating. He describes himself as a country boy, says he loves outdoor life, and now I'm going to go into a rage because he says he's romantic because he loves the notebook. (laughs) I can't. I can't with the notebook. Guys. Oh, man. The Notebook is a decent movie. Don't get me wrong. Ryan Gosling's in it. I mean, anything he's in, I could watch. Okay? But The Notebook is not the epitome of romanticism. Like, The Notebook... I feel like Dirty Dancing is more romantic than The Notebook. Dirty Dancing is very romantic. I agree. You know, because there's a bad boy in it and a girl coming of age, you know. Yes, yes. The Notebook is just, the Notebook is just sad. Like, The Notebook is just sad. And it's not a great book. Like, stop this with The Notebook. Okay, sorry if anyone loves The Notebook. So I wrote, run, Brett, run. But then later we find out she also likes The Notebook. So she's not running anywhere. Okay. He says, in the movie The Notebook, the pain of the happiness is romantic. And I wrote, okay, 18-year-old Amy. (laughs) Like, this is on 18-year-old things. Yeah, I don't want to be in pain. That sucks. No, but but when Leslie is 17 or 18, that's what you think love should feel like. Love should be painful. It should be Hard. hard. And it should be unrequited. At least that was my yes, idea. yes, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. 
Okay, so Ryan's family is shade, continues to shade him about his interest in cooking. And the sister, who's the shadiest of all, is like, we lived together for like five years and you never cooked shit. So I don't know what this is all about. Ryan says his sister is super judgy and he hopes she supports him. So he tells them, he tells them you know, I'm going to get married in two weeks. And the father goes, lordy, lordy. <laughs> So then the sister tells the camera, Ryan has flavors of the month. Well, we really call them flavors of the week. Now they just need, now he just needs a good woman to come along and save him. (laughs) I don't like the idea of these things that it's like saving people. Like relationships are supposed to save your life. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you should be enough. I mean, I know that no man is an island kind of thing and that you do need people, obviously. Because we are like social creatures and we were, you know, pretty much made to be social and to have people in our lives. But to be so, I don't know, it's like it's weaponizing marriage in a way. Because it's also every time they say, my husband, my wife, it's so like, oh my God, it's calm down. I've been married. It sucks. Calm down. (laughs) Calm down. Um, Calm down. I love when they get out later, like the wife and hubby hats. I, I rage against those things. <laughs> it's like it's like um, heteronormative uh, word art. I can't yeah. stand it. Okay. So the mom and dad are like, why can't you just be normal? And you Something my see, mother says to me every day. <laughs> you can see Ryan is really bothered by this. He's yeah. like, what do you mean? You don't think I'm normal? And then I wrote, it's a great, it's not a great dinner when your family pretty much hates you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Brett now is his wife. That's who he's being paired with. Brett is probably my favorite woman on the show. Oh my gosh. She reminds me of Miley Cyrus. Like she has like that similar twang. Yeah. Even though she's bit. not yep. into like um country and stuff. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. I love Miley. So she's Yay. really beautiful. Oh, I really so just like her attitude too. Like I think she's pretty cool. So she arrives. At a house full of valley girls to tell them she's getting married. And I guess mm-hmm. these people are her friends, but they're all like, I wrote that they're very family Libby type friends. Like they're all kind of dressed to the nines and perfect hair. And they're all like, oh my God, yay! You know, yeah. doing this kind of thing. And I was like, whoa. And I don't know if Brett necessarily fits in with that. Like it's weird. Like you could tell she's kind of the most earthy, down to earth of her friends. Yeah, definitely. Because the other girls seem a little more, like, put together. Like, they care more about their makeup and stuff. Whereas she is more like, you know, it is what it is. I look like this. Yeah. I, I really She's beautiful, like her. though. Yeah. So she I really makeup. like her. Yeah, I really like her, too. So, Brett says she has no one on the hook. No one even, like, in the batter's box. Like, she's got nothing. No one to send a good picture to. Nothing. And she said she hasn't kissed anyone or had sex in two years. And then in stark contrast to Mr. Like, oh, I dated 10,000 people in Houston, she says she prefers quality over quantity. So basically the complete opposite of the man they matched her with. Okay. And then the when the producer in the ITM is like, you know, there and when she says it, like, I haven't kissed anyone in like two years, then I guess the producer asks, like, what? And she goes, I know. I'm crying, too. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. She's very funny. I laughed so hard. She has, she like, she's a little self-deprecating, yeah. and I feel like that's that's endearing to me. Yeah, that's endearing to me. So, and they honed in 
on her cooking a single piece of salmon. So it's like, okay, we got it. You're alone. There's nothing wrong with eating alone. As she's cooking and they're super zoomed in on the salmon, she starts talking about how people are intimidated by her because she's a Scorpio. And then she menacingly squeezes a lemon over the salmon. (laughs) (laughs) Brent's friends are mostly supportive. Like, I feel like they have the usual concerns. Like, you know, do you know him? Blah, 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 whatever. But for the most part, they are pretty, pretty happy with the situation. So Dr. Viviana, instead of Pastor Cal now, says Brett and Ryan both have a sensitive spirit that has been searching for its counterpart. Whatever the fuck that means. She thinks sparks will fly. Ryan is sporty and so is Brett. Brett is like some kind of cheerleading coach, right? Yeah, she teaches like, um, I think volleyball or something. She did like athletics. Yeah. Right. Because she's a teacher, like a high school teacher. Mm -hmm. And then she also does that stuff. Okay, so next we have Rachel and Jose. Boy, oh, oh boy, Jose. Hmm. Oh, man. Rachel, they call the Blossoming Bride, whatever that means. And she's 33, and Jose is Mr. Perfectionist, and he's 35. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Rachel cooks for two, because, and then she has leftovers, obviously, because she's all alone. <laughs> she's like, all alone. Maybe on, she guys. could go over and have some of Brett's salmon. Exactly. <laughs> so I want to see like B-roll footage of them ordering like Hello Chef or whatever, Hello Fresh, Home Chef, yeah. the meal kits, and just crying as they have to like, put them into two separate what? portion bags. <laughs> just for what? <laughs> Is it cheaper if I get it for one? And they're like, no. So Rachel's meeting her mom and her best friend. Now the best friend is a pretty good character here. The best friend is like super blonde. She's crazy. Rachel has spent all of quarantine getting buff and reinventing herself. And let me tell you something. My antenna were up because I'm always on the lookout for fat shaming. Always. So Mm -hmm. I was like, "Mm -mm -mm -mm, what's going on here? But we didn't get a lot of it here. So she says she's spent the last year, you know, really taking good care of herself. She's feeling so much better, but she's still searching for her partner. I guess she was, was she the one that was? Yes. Okay. She was with someone. They were yeah. quarantined together. And then she found out he was. Then they broke up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. this raised a red flag for me because she talks about how she's been single for six months. So what is the time frame? So literally the day after she breaks up with this guy, she signs up for this show because it does take months to process and to be contacted, to find people and all yeah, this. Yeah, it's quick. It's yeah. quick. If so it's, it's like a snap decision right there. Yeah, and they say, like, she describes herself as, like, she's been too accommodating and insecure and molded herself to men that mm-hmm. she's been with. And we all know people like this. I mean, I was like this for a large yeah. portion of my early adulthood. Um, so she was just saying like, I'm the new Rachel and now it's time to pick somebody for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now her best friend, Miss Shady says, I think you're ready now, but in the past you weren't ready. Okay. Then she begins to subtly undermine Rachel's confidence, which may be why Rachel has no confidence. Yeah. And she's noted. What if he doesn't like you? What if he hates you the moment he lays eyes on you, but he still goes through with it, and then you're stuck with him? By you, she said repulsed. But then she goes into this whole scenario, like, and what if he shoves it down and he goes through at the wedding anyway, and then you live with him? And I wrote, Jesus, that was specific. Like, (laughs) 
wow, either she has watched the show before, mm-hmm. I was thinking, or she's just plain out evil. I can't decide. Okay. No, she's just keeping a hashtag real. And I you guess. Know, hashtag your truth. <laughs> My truth. Um, so best friend also says, quote, your problem is you're too accommodating and you do not speak up. Never start a sentence with your problem is. <laughs> Maybe yeah. say something I would work on if I were you or something I would watch for in this relationship is if you feel like you can't speak up. Yeah. I wouldn't be like, you know what your problem is? <laughs> like That's super aggressive. But the, after meeting this friend, I have no doubt why Rachel's confidence has never soared. I'm pretty sure that Rachel has, if those, that friendship seems a little toxic to me. Yes. And I was like, they're competitive, they're frenemies. Yes. Because the moment she's speaking up for herself and Rachel's like, no, I decided to do this. You know, they're like, oh, but what if he doesn't like you? What if you're this? What if you're that? Yeah. You know, and she's worked so hard on these past, like, you know, six months to really work on her body because she gained weight like most of us during quarantine you know to make herself feel better so i'm like that's not really that's kind of mean and i i've had friendships like that that have thank god ended because they were toxic in the end because they make you second guess yourself all the time and i feel like because rachel doesn't know how to put a boundary here and cut this toxic friend out of her life like this is this is a pattern of her. She can't do it with her friendships. Mm-hmm. She can't do it with her relationships. And I think she needs to start with this friend. Yes. <laughs> Who I just call Shady McShadester. <laughs> okay. All right. So now we get to Jose. This is not the first time we will hear. Jose has, compl- or I mean, this is not the last time we'll hear. Jose has compl- accomplished a lot. He's graduated with a master's degree. He's a flight mission specialist with NASA. He's bought and paid for two homes. He's paid off his student loans, but yet he has not met his wife. He thinks his problem is he's looking for the perfect wife. And I wrote, that's one of your problems. Yeah. Second problem could be that you're super picky and super neat and you drive everyone away. But the third problem may be this, this following sentence. He says, Women these days may or may not want to partake in half of the work and they may just want to get something kind of handed to them on the silver platter, you know? (laughs) No douchebag, we don't know. Enlighten us. Like, what do you mean by this? So, okay, you've accomplished a lot. So any woman who's interested in you is automatically after your money. Well, yes. Mm -hmm. Because that's how women work. Mm -hmm. We're attracted to dollar signs, um, green currency, dead presidents, Yes, green um, cards, some, green cards, green cards, you know, all the funner <laughs> things in life. Shoes. So now we have some B-roll of him looking real pensive sitting outside the church reading the Bible. Oh, that is beautiful. <laughs> I just looked at it and I was like, oh my God, could this be any more melodramatic? This is a telenovela, go away. <laughs> so Jose's father cheated on his mom and it scarred him so he has to get this right at the same time. He's also a risk analyst. <laughs> mm-hmm. And Bao said something about this too. Bao, when she was talking about her spreadsheet, said that she actually made a weighted spreadsheet, a weighted pros and cons list to figure out the benefits of a relationship. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's when I was like, yeah, she checks her bowel movements. And yep. That's yep. So 
Jose's family's mostly supportive, but they're they're also like kind of surprised. And yeah. let me ask you this: He's kind of short. He is kind of short, and he's not. <laughs> oh man! Oh, the wedding. That's gonna be so fun to discuss. I know. Yeah, he's not like a typically handsome looking guy. I mean, there there there's nothing wrong with him. He's not ugly, but he's not really my type. There's just something a little, maybe he has an overbite or something. I don't know what it is, but there's just something a little off. I don't love the beard. I think maybe that's what it is. He has like a weird patch in his beard. Yeah. I think that's what annoys me because yep. I'm very picky. I don't like a beard. Yeah, I, I do, do, but I don't. I don't know. Yeah, All right. Shave mine. So now we have. <laughs> oh, wait. Let, wait. let me get to uh, Pastor Cal's words of wisdom here. Pastor Cal says Rachel and Jose will work. Because they have something that will be enviable. They are both confident and successful. And Rachel will support, will be supportive, but may challenge Jose when needed. Okay. Okay. All right. So then we have like scenes of them meeting. We have the picking out the wedding attire, blah, blah, blah. But let I want to get to the bachelor parties. Um, I yeah. don't have a lot here, but they're having their bachelor parties together. So like all the brides together, all the grooms together, and they're, both they both seem to be at like country western strip bars. Do we agree? I guess because it's like Texas that they're like, let's sure. play into the whole like cowboy theme. Sure. So Gil, we see some we just see various people dancing, and Gil is one of them, and he is full on dancing with the strippers. He is mm-hmm. loving this. Johnny is ten shades of pink when he's saying, like, Gil is a party animal. <laughs> And then Gil's on the stripper pole and he splits his pants. <laughs> Pretty great. Oh, beautiful. The women are at uh, their bar and they're dancing. And the girls are getting down, dirty on the dance floor. But who's not having it? Mirla. Mirla. Oh, Leo. She was getting on my nerves. Because she was just like, no, I'm not going to do that. No, uh, no. Uh, come on, dance with us. Take a shot now. No, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not into this. Yep. And then it's like, into what? And then it's like, cut to Michaela dancing. They're like, yeah, I'm not into that. And she's wearing, was that like a fake wedding dress? Yeah, that's what it looked like. It was real weird. Okay. All right. So meanwhile, Gil is like, my girl better be the life of the party. So they're splicing this footage back and forth yep. to show us like, Mirla is a nightmare and this is going to be an issue. Okay. At the girls' bar, Rachel's best friend is again undermining her confidence. Like, are you ready for this? Are you sure? I don't know. Are you really ready? <laughs> like, oh my God, this woman needs to go home. Just cut her out of your life forever. You're right. There's a weird yeah. competitiveness between them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely toxic. Cut to Jose getting a lap dance. And then we have some voiceover where Jose reveals... He's written a list of 256 questions he wants to ask his wife. Yeah. This would be grounds for divorce with me. <laughs> Do not come at me with 256 questions. I just, what, how do you even come up with that many questions? I don't know. Johnny calls Jose a Pokemon. Oh, uh, yeah, like, he's like an odd creature that you get excited to catch. It's like the life of the party. All right, so Ryan is a bit more reserved, which is up. Like, okay, so this is my question for you. He's a self-described serial dater. It sounds like, 
being a loser who keeps dating women and no one will come back for a second date is different than being a serial dater. Yeah. Who's like a player, right? Exactly. He's not a player. No. He has the personality of There's no game. No. I mean, he has no personality. He's a mush mouth. And he seems really, like, reserved. Like, one of the things that they wanted, what they need for him was someone that would pry him open or something. Pull him out of his shell. Yes, and so they do how is say that, that on demand? They do say that later, right? That yeah, how yeah, is he yeah, on yeah. demand if he's you know? I know, I know. Okay, so Ryan is nervous, and he says he will probably cry during his speech. And Zach is like, one hundred percent, I will too. Gil's like, fuck that, I'm not crying. Like Gil is just like, nope, not having it. We cut back to Michaela. And she is dancing and warming up to a stripper, and she is having a good old time. And then she's getting a lap dance, and Bao and Michaela are, like, just getting down with these strippers. They're throwing money at them. Like, if I were a betting woman, I would say one of them probably went home with one of them. <laughs> I feel like Michaela might have went home with a stripper. I know. Here's Bao, like, miss, I don't like to be touched. And yeah, she's I don't like, like to be touched. Yeah, a stripper is, like, on face yep all right so that's the end of season one so or the end of episode one so what were your thoughts at the end of that episode did you were you surprised by anything were you surprised by the matches do you think that the they did a decent job you know at first glance i was like oh they are setting these people up for failure because they kept going back to um And they're like, she's materialistic. I need to sustain my lifestyle. I need to be, because I'm accustomed to this sort of living and spending and blah, blah, blah. I love to shop. It goes like, I don't like materialistic women. You know, like, you splice it together. And it's like, and then she'll be like, I don't like bald men. Then they cut to go. It's like, okay, I think they're doing this on purpose. It's at the month. They always do. do. They do have things in common. But again, the first thing you see, it's married at first sight. You see is what they look like. So that's important. And that was one of her things she didn't want. Mirla, we'll get to it, but Mirla looked stunning on her wedding day. Mm -hmm. She did. She She, she looks like, you know, um, the Jesse era Darcy. The Jesse era Darcy. Yes. So season 13, episode two is called Houston, We Have a Marriage. And it starts with the wedding day of Bao and Johnny. Bao looks amazing. She is gorgeous, too. You're right. All these people are good looking with the exception of Ryan. All these people are good looking. (laughs) Poor Ryan. I'm sorry. But when somebody, like, calls themselves a a reformed serial dater and says, there's towns I can't go to because I'm like, no, mm mm-mm. No, he's just boring. That's what makes him less attractive. It's not really like his looks. Like he's okay looking. It's just that like he's so boring. Like that's because even a guy who's not that great looking, if he's competent or charming, like that puts him over the edge. Yeah, a hundred percent. So Johnny gets a gift from Bao, and it's a sympathy card and a really cute groom survival kit, and he's like laughing really hard, and he really likes it. It's so cute. Conversely. Bao gets a gift from Johnny, and it's terrible word art wrapped up in sports jerseys. Johnny. And she loses her mind. She loses her mind. 
And I love when she looks at the word art and she's like, nope, not hanging this up. <laughs> yeah. But she specifically loses her mind over the sports. Because she was like, I'm getting a bro. I'm getting a frat bro. And yep. I want someone smart. I want a Nobel Peace Prize winner. I want a brilliant mind. I do not want a stupid bro who's into sports. Yeah. She said, I work with some of the most brilliant minds in cancer research. And none of them are sports fans. Yeah. She really came for sports fans. Yeah. I mean, I love sports. (laughs) You guys, the two things can be true. You can really like sports and you can be really smart. Yeah. Those things can coexist. Well, I'm not that smart, but. (laughs) Those things can exist. Sports. (laughs) Okay. So she wants a nerd. Da, 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 da. They're all groaning as she sees the jersey. And I wrote, this is so great. Bao completely melts down. She's about to walk down the aisle. And she's like, I hate sports fans. I hate them. I hate them. But she walks down the aisle and they know each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But they don't seem disappointed. Right. Because at first I was like, oh my God, is that like an ex or like a one night stand? Like that's awkward. Yeah. But the way they know each other, it's, it's really cute. I like this. So he tells her that she looks beautiful and she tells him... She is, he is very handsome. So they talk about 10 years ago when they were in college, they were both presidents of their school's Vietnamese student association at the time. So I think he was at, oh God, I forget the different schools they were at. One of them was at the University of Texas and one of them was A&M. Yeah. Okay. So they were at the University of Texas and A&M. And so they were like ambassadors that would come together Mm-hmm. And do do um, regional kind of events. So they knew each other from then. Now it comes out later that there's a little bit more to it. Not much more, but a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So they get down there. You know, he's like, you look gorgeous, which she does, of course. And so then they do this thing at the weddings where her family wants you to know and his family wants you to know. So I wrote those for each wedding. Her family wants him to know she could be a real pain in the ass. But some Backstreet Boys can bring her out of it. And that's when I became a fan of Bob. Thank you. <laughs> I know. I love it. Johnny's family says he is like an ocean of depth and insight. And I appreciated that metaphor. Mm-hmm. I did. They actually look like they might cry. Everything goes off without a hitch. And they get married. Johnny tells the camera, Bob is gorgeous and hot and perfect. And he tells the story about the meeting in college He says he really did like her when they met. Like he thought she was pretty when they met 10 years ago, but he wasn't looking for anything. And they are quite stiff with each other. Like when they're doing their pictures, like he doesn't know where to put his hands. They don't know. I do appreciate that he was respectful. He was super respectful. He was like, should I, can I kiss you? Should I, can I put my hands here? You know, it was very, I guess because he does kind of know her that he was like, okay, so I have to kind of, you know, ease my way into this because she's very particular. You know, I have to tell you something. I am on my second marriage. And I think, you know, I have a really good marriage. Like, I'm 15 years in. Everything's going really strong. I never under, I never realized, I always underestimated that my husband and I were friends first. Like, we knew each other all our lives as friends. And I'm always Mm -hmm. like, I never realized like how much that base of having respect for each other 
is a good base for a marriage. Like I never got it. So when I hear Bao and Johnny, like even though they're not, you know, they didn't date or know each other extensively, like just the fact that they knew each other, they respected each other and have some kind of familiarity. I think they have a good shot. I think so too. And I think that they have a lot of similar backgrounds and traditions and a lot of the same things that are important to Bao are important for him. Yep. So, and they're family oriented. So, I think that this is a good match. Yes. And I thought I think that so. them knowing themselves, like when they said, oh my God, it's Johnny, you know, I thought she was going to be like, oh, he's a jerk. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. deal with it. But then she kind of was excited about it. Which that happened in a previous season. Oh, Dave and Amber were the people. I forget, were they in Charlotte, maybe? I forget where they were, but it was Dave and Amber where he knew her. And he had either hooked up with her or no 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 one of his friends had hooked up with her oh oh no and so it was doomed from the start like he just didn't like her i don't know what the friend had said or done or whatever you know it was probably some bro culture because Mm -hmm. i got that vibe from him um so i've seen it where they kind of know each other and it goes Kaput. I don't know how I remembered their names, Dave and Amber. That's pretty crazy for me. I don't remember anybody's names. Um, okay. So, and Bao tells us too, Leslie, that uh, she thought Johnny had the reputation of Playboy mm-hmm. in school. So, after their wedding, they decide to have a traditional tea ceremony and they have matching outfits, but that was by chance. Like they both picked the same colors. Yeah. And uh, Bao talks about how important her Vietnamese heritage is to her. And she talks about their parallel roles at their universities. Yeah, because at one point she did mention, like, prior to the whole wedding, like, what if they pair me up with someone who doesn't understand my culture, someone who doesn't appreciate, you know, my background? Yeah. So that was important to It's her. pretty important. So Bao and Johnny are dancing, and Bao tells the camera, I think we're well-matched physically, and I assume he's attracted to me. Um, she can be very analytical and Johnny says he finds her really attractive and he wants to make out with her. (laughs) Of course. Now we're going to jump into Michaela and Zach. And what is the creepiest new trend on this show? The couple's friends sneak up on them to wake them up for the wedding day. What are your thoughts on this? (laughs) That is horrifying. (laughs) Because it's like, you're already nervous and he probably didn't get much sleep anyway. And then they're like, ah! <laughs> it's like a horror show. Like, do I want to do this? I feel scared now. Like, Pastor Cal, you need to back the fuck off, dude. Like, do not make these people go in there and jump startle. Although they're not sleeping. We know they're not sleeping. No, they're not. The camera crew's in there. They let them in. The camera crew's in there. All right. So we have some footage of Michaela's sisters, our favorite. Give her now. Remember, Michaela's dad has passed away too. Now, was he killed by the drunk driver? Michaela's dad. Yes, that was the one that was killed by the drunk driver. Okay, because later we hear about all kinds of murders. There's a murder. Yeah, there's a murder in maths. Okay, so they give her a replica of the Star Trek Enterprise because her dad was a big Trekkie and it was their bond. So they have that going on. Zach is having a full-on meltdown of emotions. And I get this. Like, I've had that happen before in my life where you're doing something that seems kind of innocuous, although not getting getting married is not nothing. But, like, I remember when I was buying my first house, we were buying my grandmother's house. Mm 
And I remember calling my dad and just being like, like, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. Like I was having an emotional breakdown on what should have been a pretty happy occasion. So I get it, Zach. I get it. Yeah, also, he's, so he's young. He's hot. Like, do you need to do this, dude? Like, come on. Just because your brothers are getting married doesn't mean you have to. But oh, then, they're away, again, they were saying, you know, this is what you, why are you crying? This is what you wanted your whole life. You know, it's yeah. like the scenario of, like, the stereotype. The girls are always dreaming of their wedding day. So this was Zach. He was the one yep. dreaming of his wedding day. Yep, 100%. So... Zach goes right over to Michaela's mother and introduces himself. And he's like, are you mom? And she goes, my name is Mrs. Clark. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that was pretty good. All right. Michaela comes down the aisle and she is immediately taken with Zach. She's like, you're gorgeous. And he's like, you are too. She learns his name is Zach. And okay. So I think Michaela has one of those personalities where she makes bad jokes when she's nervous. Yeah. Because she goes, do you want a Zach Jr.? Yeah. And he throws it back at her. He's like, it's up to you. She's like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. Yep. So Michaela's family would like Zach to know that she is fearless and wears her heart on her sleeve. She's highly energetic and chill. She can also be stubborn. She has a beautiful, oh no, I wrote, Zach says she has a beautiful smile. Uh, Michaela also has a fur baby. So we're getting some dogs here. Zach's family says he is a modern day Renaissance man and he has wanted to get married his entire life. To me, that's a red flag. Yeah. I don't know. know. Like you're telling me that boy could not find anyone to marry him. He is. I don't know. Then he does say at some point that he peaked kind of later in life. That He was like really scrawny and kind of. That's true. He does say that. Yeah, yeah. Took him seriously, so maybe that's why. That's true. His family says he is loyal, passionate, and kind. All right. So now they're doing their vows, and Zach's vows are beautiful. Like you could tell he's artistic. Mm -hmm. He tells her what he knows about her based on the fact that she took this risk, and he goes into all these things. And I wrote, as a writer, I appreciate these vows. And Leslie, I know you are a writer. Do you appreciate those vows? Oh, they were beautiful. They were beautiful. Michaela's like, I'm done. Let's go. Yeah, she was like, she was pulling on him. Like, let's go. So this is kind of funny because Michaela's vows are like way more traditional. And Zach reacts the way that I react when someone tries to write me a poem. I'm like, oh, that was nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. 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 Kind of like when, when I try to sing to somebody and they're just like, oh, Oh, interesting. You have vocal cords. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I heard a sound come out of there. (laughs) All right. So they kiss at the end of the ceremony and they look genuinely happy. Now, at the conversation afterwards, they discuss what they do for work, their ages. Zach says he's always preferred older women. And he also tells the camera that he thinks Michaela is gorgeous. Then, Zach, just when you're ahead... You should stop when you're ahead because you tell Michaela he and his brothers were taught by the father how to crochet and to make lotion. Yeah. Okay. The crocheting thing I have no problem with, but these are two very randomly connected things. Yeah. And then we will keep learning weird random things about them. 
Yeah. Which like, to me are all red flags that he can't stick to anything. <laughs> why is he making lotion, Leslie? What well, is going on there? Well, when you're a teenager, your boy <laughs> here there are lotion. Like, there are like four boys in that family. Exactly. So the dad was like, I don't have circle. the money for Johnson and Johnson. It's too expensive. <laughs> we gotta make our own. <laughs> I wouldn't even know the first step in making lotion. Do you just, just take other lotion and put a scent in it? <laughs> no, it just sounds like a euphemism. We made lotion. Like, ew, circle jerk? Like, what, what, what's happening here? Uh, okay. So now the camera, like, is just on Michaela after he admits this. And she just does this weird, like, what? Yeah, her face does not hide <laughs> a single emotion. Like, you could read, like, what's on her mind through her expressions. I love it. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. All right. So during their pictures, they're really flirting. They seem to have natural chemistry. Like they're good with each other. Uh, They're kissing. Their hands are on each other. Like everything's going well. We go from everything going well to Gil and Mirla. Oh, this was fun. Made me cringe. Mirla is setting impossible standards. And she's also telling the makeup and hair person how to do their jobs. She calls herself Mirazilla and says, if you don't like it, too bad, so sad. First of all, what adult woman says too bad, so sad? What adult woman says being with a bald man would be icky? That's true. That's very true. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mirla's brother's walking her down the aisle and he tells her, like, dad would be really proud of you. We don't know what happened to the dad at this point. The bridesmaids walk down the aisle and the music gets super dramatic because they all see that he's bald and they're like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> Mirzilla's gonna melt down. I thought she was gonna turn right back around. I know. Let me tell you though, when she came down, she was gorgeous. That dress was gorgeous. Amazing. It's like a JLo style dress, which is like one of her idols because she wants yes. to look like JLo in her 50s, you know? Yeah, don't we all? Don't we all? I wish I looked like that now. I know, right? Gil seems super happy with her at first glance, and he compliments the dress immediately. He's like, wow, it's a really nice dress. Okay. Mirama's family would like Gil to know that she likes to touch you and is good at foot massages. I don't get that vibe from her at all. No, if anything, I thought she'd be like, bow, like, don't touch me. Yes. She also likes to give back to the community, even if it means she shows up to a clothing drive in a designer outfit. Okay, no, don't do that. Yeah. Pro tip, don't do that. And then cut to go looking like, oh. And she also loves to shop. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then cut to his friends cringing. (laughs) Yeah, they're like, oh. Gil's family wants Mirla to know that Gil is the life of the party. That he's funny and he can make fun of himself. And he also has a pit bull named Hype. I didn't, think that was a, I didn't think that was a bad dog name. Did you? No. That was kind of cute. Immediately, Mirla makes a face and goes, is he slobbery? Mm-hmm. 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 Okay. As a dog lover and dog owner, like, that immediately gave me, like, 
bad. Like, I wanted to, like, cut her out of my life already. I was like, I don't even want to see your journey because you hate dogs. Yep. Yep. She hates dogs. First of all, if you don't like animals, fine. That's mm-hmm. your prerogative. Who says that out loud? <laughs> makes you seem so I would just cool. be like, I'm allergic to them. Yeah. Or I'm scared of them, which could be the case. Could be the case. Could be the case. Okay. So... Gil's vows are traditional. He promises to be worth her time and energy. And he says, I hope I can teach. I hope you can teach me to love you. Okay. Mirla promises to be patient and kind. And she promises to listen and learn. And why don't I believe her? Because she wants a specific man who has hair on his head. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. You almost have to wonder, did you watch Love is Blind? Yes, I did. You almost have to wonder if Gil and Mirla are getting the Mark and Jessica edit. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And like Jessica's the crazy diva. Mm -hmm. But now we know from the reunion that it's Kevin Mark. Yeah, I I heard about it. Haven't watched it yet because I was watching Boy Island. I've been like obsessed with binge watching that. No, it's really good. And Mark turned out to pretty much be a fuckboy. I figured that would be the case. Like, I always got that vibe mm-hmm. from him. I never bought that he was a nice guy. I was like, meh. Yeah. Yeah. So I wonder if they're getting that edit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That she's yeah. probably... Because there are points where she's not that bad. You know, where some of the things that she yeah. talks about are reasonable. She says, you know, I work really hard. I can sustain my lifestyle on my own without your help. So why shouldn't I? Which is totally reasonable. But it makes it yes. seem like she just wants to spend his money. That's kind of like how they're making it seem. Yes. After the wedding, Mirla says she thinks Gil is super handsome. He is. And I was surprised by that because, you know, he has no hair. So why would that? <laughs> I definitely so thought she was objectively handsome. Yeah, he is very, very handsome. He's Colombian. Colombian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very handsome. She's not disappointed. So they're talking with each other. And Michaela says she's been in Houston for three years. Gil says he was born in Columbia. She says she's always wanted to go to Columbia. He's like, now you'll have your chance. They both speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. Gil, um, oh, I wrote Gil speaking Spanish to Mirla's mother was really cute. Yeah, in the it was. Beginning and really nice. And yeah. he's like, yo, look for Wait, I speak Spanish. Come on. Yep. So Mirla says the show reached out originally to one of her friends, but the friend referred the show to her. So that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Mirla says she's a leadership coach and Gil is passionate about his job as a firefighter. I love when she's trying to explain her job to him. He's like, oh, so you teach the teachers, which is a reasonable assumption. Yeah. And she's like, no. She's like, no, no. So she She seems like she's a consultant. Yeah. But she seems a little like offended by that. Like what's wrong with teaching teachers? Right. 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 Did you get the vibe that she's a consultant? I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. She's okay. like, I talk to principals or something. Yes. She says she's passionate about kids having access to equal opportunity. They have the dog conversation. Mirla's like, look, I don't mind dogs as long as they're not dirty. And Gil's like, I clean up after him. It's fine. Mirla actually tells the camera, I'm irrelevant to dogs. I don't think she used that phrase correctly. <laughs> Should be no. dogs are irrelevant. Yeah. I don't need, that's not even right, but that's how you use irrelevant, but that's not what she's trying to say. She, I think she meant empathetic to dogs. Maybe she meant yes. indifferent. I'm indifferent. I'm apathetic to whatever. So Gil tells the camera he really likes Mirla. 
And overall, it seems that the, the impressions have gone well, right? Mm-hmm. When they're getting their picks done, Gil and Mirla tell their parents they're happy with their spouse, and Gil has super high hopes, and that's all. I, I've just written there, I feel bad for him. This is gone south. Oh, so full disclosure to our listeners, I live in Washington Heights, which is uptown in New York City, so you will hear some pigeons cooing because they are perched on my window right now. It's a nice ambiance. <laughs> pigeons cooing, slight conversation. Yeah. Angry Dominicans screaming at each other. It's is there is there a traffic hum? hum? I don't hear one, but do we have a no. traffic hum? Okay. No. No. My sister um, is in Brooklyn. She's right on the street. So we get a lot of people screaming at each other, motorcycles, horns honking. Yeah. Yeah. But don't fool yourself because I'm in the country on 70 acres of land and I am often the one with the most noise in my background. (laughs) I have lawn cutting Palooza. My father-in-law pretty much operates a full farm up here. So like there's stuff going on all the time in my house. Dogs barking. So And she lives in a really cool place, you guys. She lives... In the place where Michael Scott is from. So, Oh, yes. Cool. I live in Scranton, and it's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, all right. So now we have Brett and Ryan. Okay. Brett is getting ready, and the Valley Girls show up. That's what I'm just calling them, the Valley Girls. Brett reminds us she hasn't kissed anyone in over two years. And Ryan is ready to meet his wife and hope she's a good person. And his friends tease him that he will say, I love you, in like two days. Again. Somebody who says I love you or falls in love in 24 hours is not a player. Nope. It sounds like he was just a desperate loser. Yeah. Not a player. Like, so you are either a serial dater by choice or by necessity. Yeah. I think sounds like he was one by necessity. I think the serial dater thing was trying to make him seem interesting because there's nothing interesting about this man. No. Nothing. Mm -mm. I found this really funny. Pastor Cal actually says, Ryan is not a bro. Did you get that? Yeah. (laughs) He can't hang. Ryan says, he's an active guy. And here comes my antenna for the fat shaming again. He hopes, he keeps saying over and over, I hope my wife is fit. Yeah. What do you mean mean by fit, dude? Mm -hmm. Because you can be quote-unquote, medically overweight and be really strong and really fit. Yeah. Sometimes you, you know, muscles are heavy. And I am someone who has, you know, very, like, lean muscles because I used to work out and I was an athlete. So I always weigh more than what I appear. So if you just go by the number, you'll be like, what the? Yep, yep. And you could be really buff Mm -hmm. and be super, like, it's this, this, like, equating... BMI and body shape and type with health drives me crazy, but that's a whole other episode. All right. So Brett looks absolutely stunning. Oh, she's gorgeous. That red mm-hmm. hair is like, even though it's like a Kool-Aid color. I love it. Yep. It, like it, it works with her. I agree. I love it. All right. Her parents cry when they see her and her parents are adorable. Yeah, I like The that. dad is like a little bald dude with glasses. He looks like the little guy from Spaceballs. I don't know his name. I forget. Princess Bride. You know who I'm talking about? The dude from Oh, uh, yes. Um, yeah. I forget his name. But that's yeah. who the dad looks like. He's so cute. So cute. All right. The friends bring in flowers for the mother. So uh, Ryan has sent Brett's mother 
flowers. That was the baller move. I like and that. She's, she's really touched. But he also sends her a gift with a card that says last chance. And there are running shoes in the box. And I wrote, no, dude, it's Runaway Bride, the Julia Roberts movie. Yeah. What are you doing? Why are we why are we living our life in bad movies? Yeah. <laughs> no shade to Julia Roberts. I love her. But that's, you know, you're going to pick a Julie Roberts movie. Don't pick that one. Yeah, man. Pretty Woman. Pretty Woman, Mystic Pizza, any of those. Runaway Bride. Okay. But I mean, I thought it was a little cute. It's like, if you want to run, I mean, it, it... It was cute for Ryan. So, episode three opens with Brett just about to walk down the aisle. And I don't know if you caught this, but she they keep showing Brett's mother watching Ryan and watching... Like, trying to see his reaction when he sees her. And she's just flipping her head back and forth, back and forth. It's kind of cute. So, she comes down the aisle. He's like a weird, sweaty mess. Oh, yeah. Did you get this? Mm-hmm. He reminds me of of 90 Day Fiance, Ben Nakini. Oh, oh, my God. Ben. Oh, Ben. <laughs> yep. So, they get up to the altar. She seems okay with him. Yeah. Like, it seems okay. There's nothing, right. like, objectively wrong with how he looks. He's just, when you start talking to him, you're like, oh, my God, this person is so boring. Yes. So, Brett's family wants Ryan to know that she is a hopeless romantic. She has big dreams. She's kind and generous. She's very competitive. And she coaches volleyball and something else. I think it's cheerleading. And she has a dog. Ryan's family says he is a heart of gold, even though he can appear uptight and serious, cool, cocky, and confident. He does not appear confident at all. And I just wrote, nope. A sweaty mess. He enjoys fine things, but he also likes to, and, and this is my interpretation of what they're saying, slum it at the ranch, which I don't know what this means. Um, and then they bombed over loving the notebook. <sighs> okay. Ryan's vows are fine. He promises to love her, to be faithful to her, to respect her, and to make her laugh. Uh, Brett's vows are better. She's Mm -hmm. hopeful. She doesn't know much about him, but she's ready to take care of him. She knows he's brave and wants a commitment. And then she says, Leslie, my heart is open. Yep. I was like, Darcy said was still in love. (laughs) Uh, Ryan is staring at her, and I can't decide if he wants to... Like, eat her or punch her in the face. <laughs> but he kisses her. Fuck her kill. He couldn't figure it out. Couldn't figure it out. After the wedding, in the awkward post-wedding chat, they're having a good talk. Brett is a high school teacher. Ryan works in oil and gas. I mean, they're in Houston. That's very common. Uh, Ryan tells the camera, Brett is gorgeous. Her eyes are amazing. And he could not be happier. And then Ryan tells the camera when they're taking pictures, you know, she's not exactly what he asked for physically, uh-huh. but she'll work. Uh-huh. Yikes. This is why he's single. Because That's first right. of all, he has the personality of Toast. And then he's picky on top of that. Like, dude, come on. You got to stay in your lane. Our final wedding is Jose and Rachel. Jose's ready. And he's also reminding us he's super successful and his marriage better be perfect. Mm -hmm. Nobody has there. This guy has unbelievable standards. It is 1,000% going to crash and burn. 1,000%. A million percent. And also, Mm -hmm. it's like, for you to have those standards, 
I think it's because he's financially stable and he's like successful because he did mention like he's bought and he owns a couple of property or things like that. So for him, that's kind of like his big dick energy where it's coming from. Yes. So because looks wise, I, I wouldn't mean that confident. But, no, you know. no, no. So Rachel's coming down the aisle and uh, Jose seems happy. He looks like he's on the verge of tears, but he always does. Uh, her dress is stunning. Jose tells her she's gorgeous. They introduce himself, themselves and I wrote, is he significantly shorter than her? I think he is. I think he is. It could mm-hmm. be the heels. Which explains the big dick energy that he's trying to yeah. exert. Mm-hmm. Rachel's family wants you to know she takes sleep very seriously. So do I, girl. Mm-hmm. So do I. She gets hangry easily. Again, so do I. And she's fiercely loyal. Jose's family wants you to know that he's detail-oriented, structured, and creative. He's a risk-taker, and he has a big heart. Okay. Jose's vows are very casual. He talks about how successful he is. Okay, bro, we get it. Uh, Then he makes a joke about providing for her sexually. What would you think of that? Then he does the the old, you know, trick of, the tired trick of coughing sexually. Oh, mm-hmm, man. Mm-hmm. And of course, his family laughs awkwardly because what else can he do? He's just made a fool out of you and your family. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. so inappropriate because he, again, he does not know her. Like, let's say they had been dating for a long time and everybody knows their relationship. Sure. Perfectly fine. Like, it's sure. a little, you know, borderline, but at least it's like, oh, we know this is okay. He, her family's there. They've never met you. You've never okay. met her. So, I have been married for 15 years. I would not make this joke in front of my husband's family. That's so inappropriate. And my husband would not make that joke in front of my family. Okay, so, and then he says he wants them to become the ultimate power couple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Rachel says she hopes to build a beautiful life with him. She's ready to be patient and kind and love him. And then they have the lasso ritual, which is a Catholic ceremony, yes. I think. But right? I think it's yeah. more like Mexican tradition. Yes. Yeah, their families are both Mexican. Uh, His grandparents are from Mexico and her parents are from Mexico. Um, They are bound together with a traditional ceremonial rosary. It's it's really nice. So after the wedding, they play a what do we have in common game and they talk about loving sporting events. They both speak Spanish. Again, the grandparents and parents are from Mexico. They both work out three times a week. And... Jose says he got everything he wanted physically. And Rachel says, I got everything I wanted too, because I'm not into looks. I wanted the personality. (laughs) And then they cut to his face looking like, oh, shit. She is not attracted to me. That's the face that he has. Yep. And then she keeps talking. But there was like a way where she could have saved it. Because it seemed, it came off being like, you know, I told them, you know, Looks didn't matter, and bam, I got what I wanted. She could have said, like, you know, for me, it's more about the connection. Like, looks are not that important to me. I just care about the connection. I'm so glad that it seems like we're on the same path or page or blah, blah, blah. You could totally, like, save that. Or she could have said, I told them looks were important to me and that I want personality, and look how lucky I am I got both. Exactly. There you go. Done. I mean, we all know that's not true, but she doesn't know that, or he doesn't know that. You could have saved that, Miss (laughs) Steph. All right, so Jose tells the camera he's very happy, she's attractive, he's very attracted to her. 
she's relieved it's all fine and then they're getting their picks they seem to have good chemistry and they're both optimistic and that's it the wedding ceremonies are over so what you think okay we're we're a little bit into episode three Next episode, we're going to be talking about the first dances, the receptions, the honeymoon beginning. At this point, after the weddings, Mm -hmm. let me ask you the couples and you tell me, are they going to make it or no? Okay. Okay. Based on these two episodes. Yep. Mirlingo. Nope. (laughs) Nope. Nope. Who do you think would be the one to, or do they both say no? I think he will say no. I think she will surprise us and want to stay married. And he'll be okay. like, no. Okay. Uh, I think they're both going to say no. Okay. okay. Michaela and Zach. Oh, boy. This, in the previews, this looks like a dumpster fire. Yeah, that's a thing. At first, I was like, they're going to make it. They're totally cute together. They're into each other. They're young. But then again, they're young. And they're fiery from the previews. They're young and guys in the previews. Oh my god! Like, I mean, there are points where they're holding her back, and she wants to fight with the camera crew. I mean, yes, yes, it's yeah. pretty serious. So yeah, I say no. I say no. I say no. Both of them. No. Yeah. Although maybe he's no and she's yes. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So then we have Bao and Johnny. Oh, I like them so much. I, love I hope they so make bad. it. Oh my god. I feel like they're perfect for each other because he's willing to be patient with her and he's understanding of like what she needs. You know, yeah, which is he very actually important. I feel like he's kind of attracted to that type A side of her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Even though okay. he wants clingy, but still she has a lot of great qualities. I mean, there it, it could be a little off putting, you know, her whole like She's so like rigid, but yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. Yep, yep. Brett and Ryan. Oh God, no, it's not going to work. I don't want them to work, and this is why. I feel that Brett is too good for him. She deserves better. She deserves better. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then we have Rachel and Jose. I can see them working. I could see them working because we already know Rachel will not say boo if it's not working. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess it would work. I mean, I don't have anything against Jose besides he's Mr. Braggity Brag, but mm-hmm. whatever. That's fine. He, he's worked hard. Maybe he's just proud of it. Yeah. Good. Good for you, dude. Um, And I really like her. So I wouldn't be opposed to them working. Yeah. Yeah. I like them. All right, girls. So next episode, we will go over their receptions and their honeymoon. So that is it for us for now. Um, Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on your other podcasts? Yeah, so I host this other, it's like an interview music podcast, and I interview musicians. We've had Bandits on a Month. This um, girl group seasons are coming up. They're really great. Um, We had Kat Blondie, because she's doing music now. So it's a whole bunch of different artists, and it's called Sinister Girls. So Girls is G-I-R-L-Z, so no S. Instead of the S, is Z. Um, and you can find that podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as Stitcher. And you can follow me on social media at Sinister Girls. Cool. And, you- and I am doing a podcast with my sister called Gen X This Is Why. It's Gen X This Is Why, W-H-Y. And we cover mostly Little House on the Prairie. 
But we we also do some 80s movies. And we just did like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, which was bananas. And I had seen it a gazillion times, as any Gen Xer has. But my sister never saw it. So to take her through that was pretty hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Like her reaction to Grandpa Joe is priceless. So, you know look for that uh so we're at gen x this is why.com you can also find it on any podcast app yes um, and also sinistergirls.com so you can do that as well cool all right guys so we're signing off and we will see you next time please subscribe follow us and oh, we'll friends. get through this we'll get through this season together bye guys bye When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.